Hello from the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium annual meeting coinciding with ILTACON 2018 at National Harbor, Maryland. I'm Amy Bronze. I'm David Fisher. I'm Dean Sondreger. Catherine Lowry. I'm Brian Kuhn. And I'm Corey Goodshow. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we're actually going to be talking about the future of blockchain. But before we do that, let's go around the table and get everyone's short bio. I'm David Fisher. I'm the founder and CEO of Integra Ledger, which is the blockchain for law. I'm also the founder of the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium and recently the Global Legal Hackathon. Hi, I'm Dean Sonderegger. I'm the Vice President and General Manager of Legal Markets at Walters Kluwer, and I'm responsible for taking what are legacy content solutions and bringing them into what we call expert solutions, solutions that reduce the amount of time a, an attorney takes to do something or drives a better outcome for them. And I'm Catherine Lowry, Director of Practice Services for Baker Hosteller. I um, help integrate technology into all of our five practice groups at Baker and manage our new legal innovation team called Incubaker. Uh, we help focus on mega themes like blockchain, data analytics, uh, and artificial intelligence, and how we might utilize and optimize efficiency, consult with our clients on those matters, and so on. And I'm Brian Kuhn. I founded the IBM Watson Legal Brand, um, invented two business of law focused AI solutions. And in leading that brand, uh, focused on how to use AI by wrapping it around the needs of clients, taking a business driven approach rather than technology driven approach to utilizing AI. Fantastic. So we're talking here today about the future of blockchain. Obviously, uh, it's the buzzword of, of you know, the last few years, and we really want to focus on what, what are the practical applications? Uh, first of all, where is it now? Where, do, where are you seeing it applied now? And where do you think that um, you see some application, either within your own firm or even on a broad-based uh, spectrum? David? Yeah, so we, we look across the entire legal landscape, uh, obviously, as a, as a creator of infrastructure, blockchain infrastructure for the global legal industry. We're, we're focused on uh, foundational aspects of the technology and supporting the deployment of applications and the development of applications. Uh, so to answer the first question, where are we today? Uh, today and, and this event, the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium Annual Meeting mm -hmm. uh, here, uh, was, uh, we think, a stake in the ground for you know, the real beginning of the deployment uh, of the technology Absolutely. And, and in fairly uh, straightforward ways, uh, but important ways. And so we, we saw uh, demonstrations from Walters Kluwer and NetDocuments and Thomson Reuters all starting to make it real. So the yep. question, the question uh, comes up repeatedly. So blockchain's neat, it's exciting, uh, but what does it actually do? And I think today we started to demystify that. So I think in the next year, next mm -hmm. year to 18 months, we'll start to see blockchain technology be infused into existing platforms. Uh, and I think going beyond you know, this, this beginning ramp up period, uh, we'll get to a point where people actually don't even talk about blockchain technology. It just right. becomes part of the ecosystem, uh, part of the landscape and, and really 
uh, infuses the legal, all, all technology, but certainly legal technology with this notion of, of digital trust and integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so once, once that really takes hold, I think we won't talk about blockchain, but it'll be a part of everything. Absolutely. So as a, with Integra Ledger, are you really focused in the application processes or what does Integra Ledger really focus on as far as blockchain is concerned and what's uh, Integra Ledger's hope uh, for the, not only just the legal future, but the future of blockchain in general? So we're focused, and it's really deeply ingrained since we founded the company, uh, on providing foundational services Mm -hmm. uh, to be uh, deployed, integrated, and ingested by other platforms. So we, you know, while we may get involved in helping to create uh, various applications for demonstration purposes, I mean, our focus is empowering others, and whether that's end users at Mm -hmm. law firms, corporate legal departments, uh, or we think increasingly uh, uh, legal software and legal tech right. uh, companies and platforms. And so we're, I mean, that's our focus. And I think we're going to stick to that focus, uh, empowering the ecosystem, you know, and using that to fully leverage, you know, the, the innovators throughout existing firms and new firms. Yeah, absolutely. We had uh, further discussions in some previous panels uh, about sort of the wise man building building his house upon the rock, and I, I think that's you know kind of speaks to what you were you're saying about really focusing on having a strong foundation uh, in which other applications can be built on top of uh, of trust. So I think that that's uh, it's a great place to start. How about you, Dean? Where are you guys at, and what are you guys looking at as far as blockchain is concerned? And I think when we look at blockchain at this point in time, we see it being applied as really a part of the a secure ledger at this point in time. And so we see applications going in uh, with the fact that it's very difficult to change or to hack the data once it's in. Mm -hmm. And we see people, including uh, some of our initial forays, uh, in terms of leveraging that. I think where uh, the technology has not quite gotten to at this point in time, but that it's going, is is in terms of enabling um, trust in transactions. And that requires uh, much of what you see with the Global Blockchain Consortium, a network of people participating together. And so I think that we're not quite there yet. Right. But as you start to get into that next level of building trust in transactions, um, that then opens the door for probably the next level on top of that, which is productivity enhancements. Um, when you start thinking about things like smart contracts, uh, as a uh, traditional publisher where we get very deep into what makes a good contract, uh, we're very interested in how does one extend that existing transaction model for uh, additional trust from the participants in the contract and also for automation of some of the aspects of the contract. And so we're very interested in seeing how that evolves. But again, right now, I think what we're focused on is more that that secure ledger is yeah. where it's starting with. As, as you say, it's kind of the rock as uh, the foundation absolutely. that everything gets built upon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, like you said, we're starting to see the emergence or the bubbling up of, of applications that are, you know, really focusing on solving a, a a real problem, you know, so to speak. So um, it's exciting to see what you guys are kind of opening up to. And and do you find that um, at all it's client-driven um, p- with within your company to be looking into blockchain, or is that not have not seen that as a movement yet? I think it's it's in process. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I think that when you think about uh, technology lifecycle adoption, and you think about your early adopters and your innovators. I think that we're still very much in that. If you think about your uh, Jeffrey Moore, the concept of crossing the chasm, yeah. I don't think you've seen us cross the chasm yet with blockchain technology. Right. I, but I, so, so typically when you've crossed the chasm, it is client driven, yes. right? And so the clients are pulling you at this point in time. I think you have a mixture between client pull right now and those of us who see 
potential for this trying to educate the marketplace. I think that, that Baker, uh, from my, Cath uh, my uh, colleague Catherine sitting next to me, has been a proponent of that in terms of trying to get the education out into the market about the potentials for this. I agree, and I, I, I agree with you in that it's so much of the um, the hype around it has has been centered in and around you know the bitcoins and the cryptocurrency. So dispelling that uh, you know rumors of blockchain is not cryptocurrency, cryptocurrencies is not blockchain. Um, I think it is is been something that I, I see, have seen a big movement in the needle in the last, certainly in the last few months, or blockchain starting to sound on its own. Right. I think that that concept of Bitcoin equals blockchain is the greatest disservice to the blockchain absolutely. technology that you can possibly have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Catherine, he, uh, um, Dean's mentioned that you guys are kind of focused in a different direction at Baker. So you want to elaborate on that a little? Well, I think our past two years have really been focused on what the technology can do. We're recognizing that it's still in very early stages. Sure. Uh, we do a lot of research and analysis on the capabilities and possibilities. We're right there step-by-step uh, -step with our clients, mm -hmm. trying to understand what are their core business problems that potentially could be solved on a blockchain. We recognize that there's interrelated catalysts mm -hmm. that really need to be thought about in the foundational layer. Um, AI, analytics, uh, pieces that I think Brian probably will touch on here in a minute, but those are fundamental to understanding where you might go with a blockchain as well. Um, I think it recognizes that not everything can be solved on a blockchain layer, right. but I believe that awareness and really understanding uh, the attributes of it are really important. Uh, we do think that a lot of our clients are in the early awareness, moving on to proof of concept. We don't see a lot in pilot, but we see some pushing there. Yeah. Uh, which is exciting. Yeah. And we're just really excited to be around the table with them, just understanding what the core business issue is and how we might be a part of that, uh, but understanding that it is a lot greater than us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, I know, um, you know, obviously the marriage between AI and blockchain is, you know, we've kind of spoken about that in the past. And where do you see this sort of symbiotic relationship moving? And how do you hope to sort of integrate both technologies in, in your new ventures? So AI is becoming increasingly capable of understanding information in context and with the specific know-how of experts within certain organizations, uh, faithful to the way they reason. Mm -hmm. um, that creates a new kind of intellectual property, or at least intellectual property with new kinds of implications. Sure. Um, it also creates new legal risks and opportunities from a compliance perspective and also just from a general liability perspective that need to be safeguarded. Uh, AI will continue to blossom and bloom and deliver enormous benefits. But understanding uh, the quality of a data model um, that's used to produce AI, understanding and being able to forensically audit the provenance of uh, machine learning-based insights is going to become absolutely critical. And that is where I see the confluence it's, it's interesting because it's one of the most, in my, in my opinion, one of the most important tasks that can be done uh, that will result in more efficacious AI, um, more trustworthy AI. But it's quite humble in a way. It's not in your face. It's under the surface, yeah. uh, this, this audit capability. When you need it, you use it. But other than yeah. that, it's running, safeguarding right. your content in the background. Yeah, it's kind of like an attorney in a way. You don't you don't need them until you need them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go to them until you need them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree with you. I'm going to ask a probably a somewhat of a stumping question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, if you could choose one thing that you really hope that blockchain could solve for in the next five years, what would that be? 
I'll for, hop in real absolutely. quick. Absolutely. Dean. Um, so I, I think that the the um, if you look at law in general and the practice of law, there are so many places right now that are prone to fraud because of identity verification or lack thereof. Yeah. And I think that uh, Cook County, when they did their study, um, uh, it, I, and I was reading that study, and I honestly didn't even realize this until I read it, is that you can um, file property records by mail yeah. at this point in time. So you can transfer property. So I think that one of the things that is a huge opportunity is to really get to a point where we have, um, just like we have uh, driver's license, passport, phones, so all those things yeah. as, as, as a proof of identity. I think for any entity that's involved in contracts, knowing d definitively that that's who you are contracting with opens up a whole wave of things that you can do. If you think about automation of payment flows and other things yeah. that can occur through contracts, it really depends on me knowing that that money is going to where I think it is. And so if mm -hmm. there's something that blockchain can do in the next several years, I think that, that would be a phenomenal thing. The question that comes back though is that the owner of those records is uh, in large parts a, a government agency and in some cases at the county level. So if you think about 20,000 counties in the United oh, States, yeah. the idea of getting those folks to coordinate is a huge, a challenge. huge challenge. So yes. I think that that is one of the things that hopefully the technology will enable, but there are still, it's unclear to me the path by which that's going to be achieved. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to agree with you on the smart contract side. I know you're more on the self-sovereign identity, but there is a component to smart contracts that I would be awesome for us to be able to solve, and that is more on the uh, computable programming of contracts, mm -hmm. not smart contracts as self-executing, right? That's right. really not all that smart. No. But I think something that was more computational um, and be able to extract uh, variables and uh, use those both from a data standpoint and really kind of further us along. Yeah. Um, that type of programming language, I think, would, would be awesome if we were there in five yeah. years. Really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Litigation avoidance. If, I, uh, if I'm an insurance company, I want to know how far upstream I can go, for example, in determining which claims are likely to become matters yeah. because they cost 5x to settle. So if I can understand something and run analytics on information that will show me what I do as a business that produces risks, employment liability risks, um, or uh, uh, claims liability risks, et cetera, uh, then I can, I can go upriver and prevent them from happening, prevent myself from needing litigation to begin sure. with. It could be anything, but for my personal focus being litigation, yeah. that's what I think is personally very fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. David, how about yourself? I, I think the ultimate killer app for blockchain is self-sovereign identity. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the world today and... Uh, just the crazy amount of, of controversy mm -hmm. around so-called fake news and, and uh, to say nothing of privacy and, and data breaches at big companies, uh, government surveillance. There, there's been a collapse in trust. Uh, I think the, I mean, broadly, blockchain, blockchain uh, is a technology that addresses that, but specifically, uh, self-sovereignty uh, is a game changer. Yeah. Uh, where it starts to move the power back to uh, the individual, to the consumer. Uh, many companies are, are working on this, but when it fully emerges, and, and your question I think was five years, Yeah. Uh, within five years it will have emerged, uh, and it's going to start to change everything. It, it's going to change the way governments function. Uh, it's going to change the way business is done. Uh, really, it's, it's moving power back to the individual in a way that hasn't existed you know, yeah. since really the dawn of civilization. Absolutely. 
I know that, um, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of sessions coming in the next couple of weeks and you guys were nice enough to sit with us and you guys are, I, I believe have a panel on Thursday. Um, so that'll be exciting to see. This is, I think one of the first times you've really had a, a, a full track, uh, devoted to, to blockchain. So that's, that's exciting in and of itself, uh, certainly for us at Integra and, and the GLBC. Um, obviously all of you are, uh, members of the GLBC and we've kind of just touched on it a couple of times with other people, but um, maybe Catherine, you can ex expand a little bit on what do you think um, is most exciting about a group like the GLBC and uh, what are you hoping to, as Baker Hostel, to get out of, of that or pull from that? I think this afternoon was a great example of some of the values, being able to see peers and uh, legal service uh, entities help push the envelope forward on what blockchain technology can do as it's interwoven in with the other emerging tech. And so that I think can be tremendously valued, not only from an enterprise level, uh, but also on a, on a business level. Yeah. And that's squarely where we want to be is, is really working with our clients. And we think that this type of collaboration can help us. Yeah. Help you better understand where your clients are coming from at that point. Absolutely. Dean? I think that we have a very similar view is I think that uh, to us, I think that there's still a question about how it is that the, the technology ends up being implemented and adopted. And I think that by participating amongst a group of peers uh, in that, we have an opportunity to drive that and also to help our clients kind of through that adoption. And so that's, that's really what uh, our goal in there. We obviously have applications uh, in particular in corporate legal that, uh, that are con contract oriented that, uh, that our customers will hopefully uh, benefit from the technology on. So we want to make sure that we're able to promote that in a way that helps yeah. them and get benefit. But I think it is really that consortium, the peer group and understanding how the standards themselves evolve over time. And I, I think that, you know, as a European company, um, you know, an example of one of those questions I don't think that have been answered is GDPR and, and the right for a, a customer of ours to say, you need to remove data as if it didn't yeah, exist. absolutely. Well, with an immutable data store and ledger, that's kind of a problem. So I think that those are the types of things that as we look at as a community, how to solve that I think it's one of those things where the power of the group far exceeds the power of any one individual in there. Yeah, and really that particular problem is sort of a cross-board you know, issue when you start looking at who's, you know, maintaining the data and what access to their data do they actually, do they actually have? So I know that in talking with, you know, other people throughout uh, different podcasts that they, the consensus is, is similar, that everybody's sort of excited to be amongst a community, really looking forward uh, in the future, looking at moving the technology forward as a, as a whole, as a group and not having to reinvent the wheel so much that really, uh, I mean, some of them may be competitors, but not being in a real competitive space or as, hey, look, we've got, you know, this part of the application figured out, no reason to reinvent the wheel, similar to the IBM and Hyperledger kind of, you know, with having the open things. I, I think that that's really an exciting space. And, you know, also in addition, having groups starting to join that are not particularly just legal, um, so that brings, you know, some business aspect into it and, and really may give some insight into the client side, you know, of where applications can be built and how they can be utilized, you know, amongst the legal community and really industry, industry wide. So that's really exciting. So um, one last question, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity if people um, listening on the podcast would like to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing in the space. Uh, how might they do that, David? Uh, you can go to integraledger.com, you know, the website, 
for the consortium, you would go to legalconsortium.org uh, to contact me. Uh, probably best to reach out through LinkedIn, uh, right. where you'll find me, uh, or by email, dfisher at integraledger.com. Dean, how about yourself? Just about the same for me. LinkedIn is by far and away the easiest way to reach me. There are not many Dean Sonderegers on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> if you can spell it, you're, you're pretty good. Yeah, you can connect. And, and, uh, and, and Walter's Kluwer Dean from a Google line will probably find me. So. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn is my preferred choice. Perfect. I am on Twitter as well, at Catherine M. Lowry, M for Marie. I would also say that you could check out BakerLaw.com. We have okay. our blockchain and digital currency team. It's led by Laura Gell and Bob Craig. Great. Also LinkedIn, Fantastic. Brian Kuhn, B-R-I-A-N-K-U-H-N. That is by far and away the best channel to reach me through. Fabulous. All right, we've reached the end of the road. David, Dean, Catherine, Brian, thank you all for being with us today. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you liked what you heard today, please go ahead and rate us in Apple Podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you for the next episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh-huh.